Chapter 1, Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trinsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Trigger warning for discussions of sexual assault, sexual battery, and there will be a discussion of very disturbing child sex abuse materials. If you would like to skip over that moment, I will put a second warning in and you can skip over a couple minutes. Someplace underneath. we're just gonna have to jump right into this let's get right in it's a big old meaty hog of a story i mean we got a bible's worth of stuff he's done the bible from the bad place i guess <laughs> yeah no none of the good parts of the bible no. yeah i guess there is a lot of this in the bible <laughs> isn't it kind of terrifying in a yeah lot? the bible's mostly rape and murder yeah and even it tells you not to do it and there's people just straight up doing it but it's just like full descriptions being like, but don't do that. Yeah, it's like way more metal than like anything I find on TV. I know, right? I, I always think that when I do read anything that's like, especially in these like high control places, like when I was reading the men's manuals, they gave a graphic four page description of the crucifixion. And it was brutal. Like I watch horror movies all the time and I was like, good Lord, these men, they act like they're so wholesome, but they're like, they're looking no. at snuff all day. All day. And they're the people that are like, we don't need trigger warnings. I'm like, I need a trigger warning from this. Yes, I am a snowflake. Yes, please. What's wrong with the snowflake? They're beautiful. <laughs> Welcome to Someplace Underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. We are going to finish the IBLP this week with the conclusion of the tale of Josh Duggar, which is bad. That does sound like something you play on a banjo. Now listen here to the tale of Josh Duggar. Yes, the song that no one wants to hear. No, the yeah, speaking of trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the song would be called trigger warning. Do not listen to this song. Uh, okay, so we're going to jump right in because I got a lot. So when we left off last, Josh and Anna were headed to Wedded Bliss and their honeymoon. We went to the wedding in their wedding night. And I truly hope that it was actually a pleasurable and kind experience for Anna. I really, really, really hope that's true. Yes. So their wedding was September 26, 2008. When you watch the surrounding episodes, you see that Anna, when she's given the platform, especially when Josh isn't next to her, she's bubbly, she's talkative, bright, if not completely capable of speaking without parroting something her father or Josh has said, but she's still very lively. Yeah, the women in this community 
we were talking about earlier, they're gorgeous mm-hmm. and they're like, they're strong. They are, but they really are encouraged to beat out the personality in them because it's not godly. That's a shame. So, yeah, it's especially frustrating knowing that Josh has roughly the education of a high school sophomore if he went to a shitty school. And Anna at least obtained a certificate for childcare, albeit through online college courses. But, you know, she's smarter than him. I'm sure she is. And but she knows that she is too demure to him when he speaks which is grading every single time. I would be so mad. I'd be so mad if some dumbass has to like take charge and be the man. But she's been told her whole life, this is what God's plan is for you. And if you want to go to heaven, just smile. Just smile through it. More of this in heaven. Okay. (laughs) Aren't you excited for eternity of this? Oh, God. Uh, There's nothing more frustrating when someone talks down to you because they're too ignorant to know how ignorant they are. I'm sure most of us have had that experience at some point or another, not because I'm a genius, but because we're all different levels of ignorant. Sometimes you think you know a lot because you don't know anything, Uh, which is basically Josh Duggar's MO. Oh, but the confidence that he holds from being ignorant. There's never a moment where he has a second thought about what is pouring out of his mouth. Um, I'm no genius, but I found the more that you gain in knowledge, the less confident you are because you realize there's more to understand all the time. Absolutely. Smartest people I've ever met have been like, you know what? I don't know that. I'll do research and get back to you. Right. Exactly. So I think you become more wise and knowledgeable as you understand the breadth of knowledge that there is available and it's endless. Yeah. So Josh got to 10th grade and was like, got it. Nothing else to learn ready to start directing the laws of this country. Yeah, because he's been told he's the big man his whole life. Yeah, he's the chosen. So on May 5th, 2009, 18 Kids and Counting airs an episode showing Josh and Anna's honeymoon that's just filled with uncomfortable moments. And Josh is simply one of the most arrogant people you will ever see in your life. God, it's the middle smarts that are the dumbest people. I find (laughs) that the dumb people are actually smarter than the middle smarts. Yeah, like Forrest. Yeah, Forrest is smarter than him. For sure. Yeah, they are. It's like the middle management of people. Um, No offense to any middle managers. (laughs) So he is uh, really unbearable. We also get a glimpse of little Joshy on the job at his car lot in this episode. I am trying to track down. I I haven't been able to find anything to say whether or not this is the very same lot where he finally is busted this year. But because there's a time where he they moved to D.C. We'll get to that. But it might be the same car lot. So Their honeymoon in this episode is partially filmed, which I'm sure Jim Bob got money for. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this already, but Jim Bob, who's the father, the patriarch of the family, is the only one who gets paid for the TV show. What? Including his adult children. What? Um, He then gifts them things that he deems appropriate, like he gives them a house for a dollar or whatever. So, yeah, this was confirmed by one of his oldest who has stepped away from the family. like, And he, they're doing the work. Yeah. They're the ones talking. Yeah. Yeah. And he manages their money. He He's the one who signs the contracts. So they, And the kids have agreed to that. Otherwise, you know, as adults, they could have their own say in it. But um, they've allowed that to happen because of the control situation that they have in the house. So anyway, during this episode, we get a glimpse of the modest swimwear at this point where uh, the Anna's wearing on the honeymoon. Which I can see swimwear Look, I was thinking to myself today, like swimsuits. I have not found a swimsuit I like because they're like, here, ladies, like it's either like 1920s 
or it's like, here's a string up your ass. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, that's definitely right now. Everybody's trying to embrace their bodies. They're like, the way you embrace it, barely cover the nipples. <laughs> yeah, I would honestly rather wear the Gothard's um, old oh, bathing suit. I don't know, Amber. Have you seen it? I haven't. I don't know if you don't want to wear this one. Wait, I know this. We are, we're in the middle of this, but I got to show it to you. Oh, that's kind of what I wear to the wait, beach already. Wait, wait, wait. wait. This one? This is your bathing suit? Whoa, that is... That, <laughs> that's like a, a Forever 21 outfit or something. Or like a... What it, is that? It's like a two-piece smock with sleeves that goes down to the knees. And I'm not mocking anybody who wants to be modest. I think modesty can be very empowering. It's, oh, yeah. It's when... In this episode, for example, after we see her in her outfit, Josh gives a talking head about how important her modesty is. This is after this man has already done these things that we know about as, you know, we learned about in the last episode. So it's very frustrating because if it really was Anna's choice, I would never make fun of it. It's because these idiots around her tell her that she's responsible for, for their thoughts. So we move on in the seasons. They, they go on. They're becoming so popular on TV. There's an episode in season two, circa 2010, when the two sisters... Uh, where two of the older sisters want to help the volunteer fire department and want to wear skirts still because that's what their dad wants. So Yeah, they got to climb a two-story building up a ladder with a skirt, like yeah, pull I mean, out a child. They buy utility EMS pants and then they turn them into skirts on the show, you know, to fight fires. So in that episode, Josh and Anna are doing talking heads about it where Anna confirms the skirts are necessary because they're somehow less sexual than huge baggy shapeless pants and quote men have enough issues guarding their eyes and their thoughts so the natural conclusion is that women should run into burning buildings with their shins showing um oh, it's all this like men 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 and men are great but like to center your whole life around it i don't know I mean, I don't know if you need to bur- get yourself third degree burns to not defraud a man also the firefighter, like utility pants, like they wouldn't be going in to like, you know, with the, the hat and the, the hose, but they would be on emergency scenes. And it's like those pants, how are those sexual? No, you can hide a dog in there. You They're can huge. see wearing those skirts. You can see more of their legs. I don't understand. So, I mean, this does sound like something I would do, but I would do it the opposite. Be like, I don't like these pants. So I've made a mini skirt. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it would be completely useless and it would be yeah, funny. I'd be wearing heels. Just yeah, like, where's like, the hose? <laughs> Let me help you. You're in the way. Where's the thingy where the water comes out of it? All these people die. <laughs> <laughs> I helped. <laughs> and then you're just like Instagramming and being like, I just feel blessed that I could help them. Yes. Um, <laughs> so exactly what I would do. It's just a selfie in front of the fire. Amber, get in the fire. I'm helping. I'm showing the I'm being the news now. <laughs> so not surprisingly, just a few episodes after their honeymoon, they announced that Anna's pregnant on the show. Their first daughter, Mackenzie, was born October 8th, 2009. So just a year and a month after their wedding. Perfectly biblical as a family. Uh, the birth of their first daughter pretty closely coincided with Michelle's giving birth to her 19th child, Josie. So Josh's little sister and his first child are roughly the same age. Well, they get to grow up together. This occurs actually a lot in their community. Many aunts and nieces, nephews and uncles are around the same age as each other. There are actually multiple Duggar kids 
whose spouses are pregnant at the same time as their respective mothers. Um, it's they just they go and go and go until their bodies literally collapse. <sighs> um, so they're doing the you know their whole um, allowing God to take the wheel on how many kids is for real for real. Yeah, I saw an IBLP documentary on YouTube. It was like pro them, and uh, they said that they were like we were praying because we couldn't afford another child, and the the last child the, it was a really tough pregnancy. But she just you know I said um, God take the wheel, and we got pregnant again. And I'm like oh my god. Well, yeah, I if, mean if they say it was a tough pregnancy, it was a tough pregnancy, right? Because yeah. usually they're like just having a bite a blanket in the back of the farm yeah. house or whatever and, and just like lying and saying everything's okay yeah uh well michelle herself against the certainly the instructions of most any physician tried to have another baby after josie even though josie was born pretty fragile and pretty early she was sick she had to go in the nicu part you know like preemie part Little baby part um that was their 19th Kijosi. Uh, so they then they tried to have another baby after that. Their 20th pregnancy resulted in a miscarriage, which they named Jubilee. I'm going to s- use their underage kids name sparingly after this. I just don't want them c- to connect it to Josh in any way. But yeah, like I can't imagine the amount of damage that's been wrecked upon, wreaked, wreaked, wreaked. Wrecked, wrecked upon a woman's body at the point of 20 children. And that's imagine 20 people in a room. Too much. Too many. Leave that room. I don't like being in there. No. During one of the middle seasons, Michelle at 48 after 21 pregnancies can't stop. And they go to a doctor to see if they can squeeze one more in there. Despite the fact she's hurt her body so much, she required surgery after, I think after baby 18 or 19. Like she had to have some gallbladder surgery because of the damage that was inflicted on her body. I know some of you uh, listeners uh, who were on Instagram we're talking about the recovery process the body needs to go through after a pregnancy and that Michelle's body must have been absolutely ravaged because um, I guess time. didn't thank you for your comments. But yeah, it seems like there's a recovery period that your body has to like rebuild calcium and all that stuff. And because you just gave it all to another human being. Yeah. And also when you're pregnant, there's a lot of things that you're not told because I think less women would have children if we're told like babies take your teeth. Yeah. They take your teeth like and I heard a story of this. Somebody mentioned that this their aunt was like laughing and a tooth just fell out. <laughs> that's, that's it's kind of a fun party trick. Gnarly, man. <laughs> your hair falls out because the yeah, kid takes I mean, they, it. They do. It's their parasites. Babies are where we were all we all started as parasites. Yes, we did. So I do feel bad. I mean, I'm mad at Michelle because she, of, you know, she enables so much, but I do kind of still feel bad for her. On the most recent episode, right before Josh's arrest happened this year, Jim Bob was saying hopefully he's going to have 200 grandchildren, which they are on track for. That's a lot of grandkids. Which, yikes. I'm sorry. That's too many grandkids. At that point, it's kind of like narcissism. A hundred percent. I think yeah. I think Jim Bob has like a Genghis know, Khan like fetish. Yeah. yeah. But now it seems, you know. It seemed like Josh and Anna were on a similar path to that. Between that first child in 2009 till now, Anna is currently, as of June 2021, pregnant with her seventh child at age 32. If there is any justice in this world, Anna will not have the opportunity to have any more children with Josh. So 
as the first child of Josh's slash 19 child of Michelle are being born, the Duggar mania is hitting a fever pitch. They're doing People magazine spreads and the Today Show. They're still considered these darlings of media. However, by this point, there have already been rumors spreading on message boards online. The first one that people usually reference was in 2007 on a Duggar fan blog, but there's one as far back as 2005. And these comments come from anonymous users, but they say that they know the family and they're trying to warn viewers of Josh's predatory behavior. Ooh, that's a long time. 2005? That was like uh, Britney Spears and low-rise jeans. MySpace years, yeah. MySpace. Yeah. So... This was all at the time, you know, social media was more rudimentary. Things couldn't flow as quickly. It was harder to track. So this was all hearsay. And like, it sounded like, oh, this could be gossip or whatever. But it turns out that these people were were very much correct. And those people were likely real people in that community since these posts they posted got a lot of the information correct. But on our timeline now that we're going through, we're in 2009 and there still hasn't been enough of a dust up to cause a problem for the show, even though these have been going, you know, for four plus years. So during the next couple years, as Josh and Anna are raising their first daughter and then they're following kids, you kind of hear Anna's voice change. It seems to go up an octave. She's definitely a little like she's less full of life could just be she's a mom she's tired yeah and those pro iblb things they they were just so tired i was like you want me to join your church and they're just like we can't wait to have our 20th child yeah like i'm not doing this yeah for sure and yeah they they do seem drained very early because they are giving their life life force to others which is you know whatever your choice but it's a lot it's a lot lot to ask of a woman so Yeah, so Anna almost seems to emulate Michelle's voice, which Michelle talks like this all the time. And this is how a mother is supposed to talk in this community at all times. You never raise your voice. That is not how my mom spoke to me. No. Amber, you get over here right now. And I, I highly doubt that Michelle also talks like that all the time off camera, but it's still like to a point where it's a little creepy. It's creepy. It sounds You're like... You're supposed to express emotions. Yeah, it sounds honestly like PTSD. I know women who have, who speak like that in these communities in the South. Well, I guess my husband just off hunting. He's just going to be gone for a month. Yeah. I mean, her guts are about to fall out of her butthole. Yeah. That's dramatic. They'll leave when the wife is pregnant for like a month in the woods. What are you doing, dude? <sighs> well, Jim Bob won't do that because he will not relinquish control of his children for a month. So I've watched a painful amount of Josh Duggar from this time period looking for even a nugget or a kernel of evidence that he could have perhaps been unfaithful as far back as the beginning of their marriage. While the Ashley Madison leak happened in 2015, which we'll get to, it was very clear that this wasn't a new thing he was trying out for the first time in 2015. By season six in 2012, Anna's pregnant with her third child and Josh is still grinding away at that car lot. Interestingly, the car lot never does that great. They talk about it on the show. I do wonder if that's because perhaps he had shorter hours than he would have Anna believe. Oh, he's like, I'm working all day, babe. And then gets out of work and goes on Ashley Madison. I mean, at this point in the show, he actually has two lots. It doesn't seem that difficult or that implausible to tell your encumbered wife that you've got 
work to do one place or another with her knowing she can't really question you very much. And she's got kids. She's three kids she's chasing around. I mean, the women have harder jobs in this community. And they're Definitely. always told the guy's so hard. It's hard to be a man because you got to work. I'm like, this is harder work. No, they're running a school and like a home and a hospital. And a human and, making factory. Yeah. And then they have to like act like they like having sex with their husbands. Mm-mm. So on May 14th, 2013, an episode aired called Decisions and Deliveries. This is the first we hear about Josh getting a job offer in Washington, D.C. Josh is 25 at the time and Anna is as well, I believe. Yes, she should be 25 also. And though he doesn't yet have a lot of political experience, he is a household name. So he is offered a position at a notorious activist group called Family Research Council. They very wisely do not mention what company has hired him on the show because they're quite controversial. Family Research Council was founded in 1981 and it is an American fundamentalist Protestant activist group with an affiliated lobbying organization. FRC promotes what it considers to be family values by advocating and lobbying for policies and government. That sounds terrifying. I mean, on paper, you're just like family values. Okay, sure. Yeah. Having a good family is important. But then they're like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. What do you mean by the government? What's going on here? Yeah. So basically, yeah, family values is a term you'll hear over and over again in the Duggar circle and generally in fundamentalist groups. The Wikipedia definition is as follows. In the social sciences and U.S. political discourse, the term traditional family refers to a nuclear family, a child-rearing environment composed of a breadwinning father, a homemaking mother, and their normally biological children. Sociologists formally referred to this model as the norm. A family deviating from this model is considered a non-traditional family. However, in most cultures at most times, the extended family model has been most common, not the nuclear family. And the nuclear family became the most common form in the U.S. in the 1960s and 1970s, which is what a lot of these religions, these group tight high religions base their entire principle on is like 50s through 70s U.S. culture. Yeah, that's the world hasn't always been like that. And people like to think it has. It has not. Yeah. And they they definitely like to push home that idea and convince people of that. So at the end of the day, when they say family values, they mean heteronormative relationships. The FRC is more than anything else an anti-gay legislation group. And there it is. Yeah. And that's the family values they're talking about. Yep. So they also fight against access to pornography, embryonic stem cell research, the cocktail that Trump has received partially derived from research using fetal cell tissues, by the way, abortion, <laughs> divorce, as well as LGBTQI plus rights. Um, they were deemed a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center in 2010, so before Josh was hired. For example, many years before Josh was there, they put out literature entitled Homosexual activists work to normalize sex with boys that stated one of the primary goals of the homosexual rights movement is to abolish all age of consent laws and to eventually recognize pedophiles as the prophets of a new sexual order. No, that's not true. Have they ever talked to a gay person? I, I mean, don't know. I mean, not not knowingly, except that a couple of them have been caught with gay prostitutes. Because, OK, there you go. But yeah. it's interesting because usually the people in this community are having sex with kids. Um, yes. 
That's which how is, it is. <laughs> which is, yeah, there's a, and there's a huge debate as to whether or not they should be considered a hate group since they don't threaten lives the same way that a lot of other groups on that list do, like, you know, the Aryan nation and stuff like that. But that's neither here nor there. I certainly consider the fact that they helped fund a bill in Uganda that would result in death penalty for anyone caught being gay there. Pretty terroristic. What are they doing in Uganda? Uganda's Uganda. Let them handle it. I know. They, they put money into anti-gay law wherever they can in the world. So they gave them money. People to- not minding their own business. I know. They want people, they, they want to have their own business minded, but not anybody else's. So <laughs> in any case, this group was just what the Duggars feed into. And I'm sure the family was overjoyed to have their beautiful baby boy in the face of for this group, as the face for this group. Since you know, he was looking at porn from a young age and assaulted his sisters, but then he dug a pond. So everything's chill. Yeah, now he gets to say, don't have sex. Like, now they say, like, oh, all these LGBTQ people having sex with these kids, they're bad. But they're having sex with kids all the time. Right. And now he's being held up in a pedestal because he walked through the journey of molesting his sisters. So on September 17th, 2013, an episode aired called Big Changes. In this one, they actually moved to Washington, D.C., The episodes tend to air eight to nine months later or so, sometimes six months. So this was earlier in that year. It was formally announced that Josh would be the executive director for FRC Action, their legislative branch, on June 18th, 2013. Around this airing of big changes, there was an episode called Josh and Anna, our story. This is a little sidebar. And beyond the absolute trash they are spewing about purity and wholesomeness and loyalty, dishing out marriage advice, this was all airing uh, October of 2013, by the way, it's very likely that Josh was already cheating on Anna or trying to at this point. He expresses not one ounce of shame during this episode while his sweet, innocent wife is sitting there talking about how special it is to save yourself for your one and only. It's sickening. And also very interestingly, going back through their timeline, They admit on this episode that Anna said no when Josh first proposed. Come here. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Take that one off. Yeah. Anna, will you marry me? (laughs) I was like, will you marry me? And I popped out the ring and uh, she said yes. She said yes. When Josh first said I I did say no, but it wasn't like I didn't want to marry him. It was just awkward and so many things were going on that I was just like, no. And he was like, come here, (laughs) you know, it'll be okay. And so then I said yes. She did say yes. She's oh, she she knows. I feel like it's like get out with a human being is just like trapped. Yeah. In the shell of this other thing. Yeah, for sure. I, I think she I think that was a jerk reaction because she that was her body being like, get out of here. Yeah. You know, you're you can smell pheromones. That's why I always say dating on the Internet is more dangerous than just meeting somebody out. Because you you need to you smell pheromones and for you, sure. you immediately know what's up with this person. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, sometimes you could sense danger. And she actually says later on that she did know about his past with his sisters. And, uh, you know, she was conditioned to think that it was OK because but she doesn't say it in that way. She says it like I knew and I knew that he repented and I forgave him. It was so hard so, for him to molest his sisters. I know. You don't understand. But I really think that part of her 
protective brain was like in that moment going like, no. But then it was just too late for her. Chapter one, Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love chapter two. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Um, so he gets this job in D.C. He hauls Anna and his three young children across the country so he can really make a difference in the conservative movement with all his family values. We don't really know if Josh was stepping out in Arkansas, but we sure know he was in D.C. As mentioned before, after about two years of living in D.C. and being the face of this group, standing out in front of pro-life marches, In Touch Weekly releases the police report from his teen years in May of 2015. The media explodes Fans are shocked and critics seem to delight in this revelation, which is, in my opinion, also kind of gross, to be frank. Like, the women who were abused as kids were also laughed at a lot. Yeah, like, it, they have to consent to being out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, there's such a disdain for the the family on the outside. They just are like, ah, oh, these fucking people. Like, Sharon, I remember Sharon Osbourne on the talk at the time was saying the girl should just go away and shut up. What? At the time, like, really made me mad that she say, she would say that. Why um, is she saying that? Just go away and shut because she liked them or she liked the the show or something? No, because she, she thought they were all annoying. She was just like, ugh, get this family out of here. But because the girls were speaking up, she was saying that. So I don't know if there were more episodes intended after this last episode aired but the final episode of 19 Kids and Counting that made its way to the airwaves was May 19th, 2015. And Touched article came out just two days after this. So for several months, this dominated stories. It's understandable. Many people found their brand of wholesomeness unrealistic and forced. And critics rightfully pointed out that there was a vast amount of hypocrisy in the way they lived and suggested others did. And all this, this stuff coming out reinforced that idea. Jim, Bob, and Michelle did an interview with Megan Kelly in the following two months, followed by a separate interview with Jill and Jessa, two of the older sisters, in which they defend their brother, defend their family, and criticize the media for what they considered, quote unquote, ancient history. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're just like, not embarrassing, that's not the word, but you would just be like, he's my brother, he's my family member, and like, I don't know, in Touch Magazine and these crazy... Yeah. It's disappointing, but I don't blame Jell and Jessa. Like, it's, I understand. Yeah. They've been conditioned to say these things, and, and this is all traumatic. And I'm sure it was really traumatic for the media to bring it back up again. It's not like that's not true, you know. So people handle that trauma different ways. And while, you know, they just didn't point any fingers at Josh in this time, it's also what they've been taught. Um, so... Just as the population was kind of growing tired of this story and the world was moving on, the Duggars were hit with another blow. In July 2015, a group calling itself the Impact Team stole the user data of Ashley Madison, a commercial website built as enabling extramarital affairs. That's a gross website. It is a gross website. That's gross. 
Yeah. So the group copied personal information about the site's user base and threatened to release users' names and personally identifying information if Ashley <laughs> Madison would not immediately shut down. On August 18th and August 20th, the group leaked more than 60 gigabytes of company data, including user details. I like that. I like that they did that. <laughs> to me, that's funny. I guess, like, don't mess with a hacker who's been cheated on. Yeah. It sounds like somebody was just really mad that their marriage was like, it, somebody was on, maybe they their spouse was on it or something. I love it. Ashley Madison is, of course, scummy, though it's legal. However, for the most part, it was just sort of a honey trap for dudes, like, most women's accounts on it were either bots or escorts. Yeah, there's not a lady on there. That's just, I don't know. Women are less likely to do that. We'll just go knit or something. Or just, it's you can just fall onto a dick. It's like, yeah. you know. Yeah, just go to hurt. Hooters. Just go to a bar. Yeah. Um, while I don't condone doxing, I you know that Schadenfreude, Schadenfreude, how do you say that? Schadenfreude? Schadenfreude. I always say that wrong. Schadenfreude. It's real. <laughs> But you know that that is still kind of, you're just kind of like, ha, 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 ha. Laughing at people's pain. Even though you shouldn't dox people and it's not right that they did that. No, it's bad. But if you haven't guessed, among several other notable people, Josh Duggar was discovered to have held two separate accounts on Ashley Madison, for which he paid almost $1,000. Which could go to his kids. Maybe they could eat a little more. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think that his wife had budgeted that in. No. Uh, sounds like somebody was getting a good salary at FRC. These accounts were opened in February of 2013. So this may have been when FRC was first negotiating with Josh about the position. It's really nauseating to watch the episodes that aired around this time where he walks around smirking like he's smelling his own farts. <laughs> yeah, his tiny little mouth, Ugh. his big old fat boy cheeks. Yeah, all the while he's betraying this woman who is doing nothing but be good to him. Cheating is obviously bad in general. Betraying somebody sucks who who trusts you. But this is especially heinous knowing that he plucked this girl from her home her saving everything for him, including his her first kiss, knowing that in that lifestyle, she's utterly dependent on you in every way and just shamelessly making these pathetic accounts and not yeah. caring. Yeah, she can't go to work. No. She can't do it. And like all she knows of men is you. And she treats you with such respect, you know, Ugh. that you don't earn or deserve. So the two handles he had was Josh the man... And the other was ready for this, DC, which does make me wonder if he was already planning on using the site before the job offer and he was the first one was meant for Arkansas. Not only that, but it was found that the details from Ashley Madison matched an account on OKCupid, though the picture was not of Josh Duggar. The picture turned out to be a DJ from Los Angeles named Matthew McCarthy, who considered suing Josh for dragging him into this mess with his picture being on Sue the profile. Yeah. He was thinking about it. I think he probably just decided it wasn't worth it. But yeah. it's so it's been pretty verified it was him. It was started before the Ashley Madison leak, and it was attached to similar credentials. This is gross, but also the Q&A section of OkCupid. Okay I was never on OkCupid. Okay I don't know if you ever did that, Amber. I but was. I've no, so I'm not super familiar with the site, but I guess you fill out a bunch of questions. Yeah, and then it tells you, like, like there's a quiz that tells you who you are. It's always said I was the nurse. Oh. The nurse type, because I'm very, like, caring and emotional. The sexy nurse. Yeah, a little sexy nurse. Erotic nurse. I'm too caring. I have a lot of, um, sometimes I open up too much to people, and that's bad people. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I've been there for sure. Well, Josh's 
anonymous OkCupid profile, the questions, he had answers to questions that I don't really know why these questions were asked in the first place on OkCupid, but his answers are upsetting. So there's one that says, do you feel like there are any circumstances in which a person is obligated to have sex with you? What did he say? (laughs) He says, yes. I mean, is the sex even good if you're just like, fuck me? But why is this even a question on OkCupid? I don't remember answering Nobody's that Nobody's ever obligated to have sex with you ever. No, that's it should a, be a, That's insult. Yeah, it should be a partnership. Don't you want to have a good time? And then, do you think it's possible for someone to be an atheist and still have a solid moral framework by which to live? His answer was no, because of course. Do humans and modern primates, apes, chimps, etc., share a common evolutionary ancestor? Nope, again. Are you the type of person to tell a homeless person to get a job? And the answer is yes. I mean, everything's been handed to him. He doesn't know what it's like to be homeless. No, but he's a little—he's a little what a boy little king. bitch. Yeah, he sucks. Again, those are weird questions. Did you get asked those kind of questions? No, I do remember some of the questions being a little like what, but I, I don't remember those. That's weird. <laughs> they didn't ask you if you'd be willing to just have to rape somebody. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> um, so as this all becomes public, Josh releases a statement publicly. I have been the biggest hypocrite ever. While espousing faith and family values, I have secretly over the last several years been viewing pornography on the internet and this became a secret addiction and I became unfaithful to my wife. So So brave. brave. Wow. So brave. He admitted it. And again, I'm sure this community is just like, but he admitted it. Yeah. So it's he's, he gave it up to God. He must be really important in God's plan. So he must have to, we have to make him the president now. Even what so many Christians I've met that are just like, you can do what you want. You just got to pray to God and he'll forgive you. And I'm like, you just chewed out the waitress at Applebee's. That's bad. I don't yeah. want to hang out with you. That's, that's how they behave in this community, especially if you're an asshole. They're just like, I guess you're important. I don't know. So, I mean, that's for a guy. I don't think girls are allowed to do that. So after this incident goes public, he is sent to a Christian rehab called Reformers Anonymous. This, of course, has not been confirmed by the family, but this was leaked information. He's got to dig a pool now. It's not that far off, which according to one source, which is breathelifehealingcenters.com, that if the reports are accurate that he was at Reformers Anonymous, Josh now finds himself waking up at 4.30 a.m. each day. Gross. Smack dab in the middle of a Christian rehab prison camp where drinkers, druggers, and the Duggars are lumped together and pray-it-away program treating alcoholics, drug addicts, and those with a sex addiction. I mean, wow. With no doctors on staff and zero clinical team available to patients, Duggars will work through four workbooks over the next four to six months and prayerfully work to rid himself of unholy thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. All while working eight to ten hours a day at the job, the rehab gets a paycheck for. Oh, so he works the job and just hands the paycheck over to the rehab? Well, they paid to work there, essentially, just like the camps. Like some mental health asylums from the 1930s, Reformers Unanimous blames abnormal behavior on a litany of sins and thoughts, all the while working to cast Satan out of patients' trousers. According to their online sales claims, clients enjoy an 80% success rate. Oh, so they just beat them? They beat them out of any critical thought? Yeah. So I wrote Anonymous. It's actually Reformers Unanimous. Uh, Everybody, just so we're clear... I guess that's supposed to be a little fun spin on it. So 
This sounds very much like the IBLP programs that you send your troubled teens to. For the record, I am not shitting on prayer. I know prayer and meditation have been shown through research to be incredibly beneficial during these times of crisis. Yeah, I like to pray and meditate. For sure. Thought crimes? Thought crimes is not a real crime. No. Hey, look, guess what I'm thinking about right now? No one's got to fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to know. But it's not enough. Uh, It's not enough on its own. It's if somebody like Josh is in the level of delusion he is in that he needs professional medical treatment and he needs to be kept away from vulnerable people. If you want to look at it through that spiritual lens, I mean, you can always just think of it as God created science and medicine to help people. It's a tool to help you, you know, but I do wonder, as I said before, if the great fear is that the mean evil doctors will tell the Duggars they done fucked up. Yeah, because doctors are usually atheists, right? And that's bad in their world. I guess so. And also Christian, but I think Christian doctors, you know, would mostly say that what you're doing is wrong because they're in a cult, you know, like they're an extremist religion. I knew somebody, she had a uh, cancer and uh, refused to go to the doctor. And she's like, I'll just pray to God. And guess what? She died. Yeah. You have to get chemo. You can pray and get, you know, medical you treatment. You can do both, you know, and one would argue, like you said, like God invented chemo, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. So they sent him to another IBLP program, essentially, and it wasn't going to help him. His parents' statement at the time was, for him, it was a long journey towards wholeness and recovery. We pray that in this, he comes to complete repentance and sincere change. So you see them again, once again, conflating dangerous and untreated mental disorder, just sickness, with being sorry and repentant. This is something I think that can be linked again and again to his deviant behavior. No accountability, no consequences, just... Oh, sorry. It reminds me of this one time um, my ex's sister was staying with us. And um, we were like, don't slam the door. The door naturally slams, but the neighbor doesn't like it. And then she just like lets the door slam. And I was like, we were just like, what'd you do? She's like, I'm sorry. And then she was like, I said I was sorry. (laughs) I don't know. It was was the whole like, I said I was sorry. And I was just like, but don't let it happen again. I think she let it happen twice or something. It's It's more so like, I would rather just let the door slam and then be like, I said sorry over and over again instead of just not letting the door slam. Yeah, just don't let the door slam. Yeah, yeah. And I think he blamed me somehow. I'm glad I left. That sounds fun. Yeah. What a cool life that sounds like. Um, Yeah, I'm glad you left. So cheating sucks, clearly. But in politics, you'd barely even get a blip on the radar for cheating. I think they found something like 2000.gov emails on the Ashley Madison breach. Gross. They expect politicians to be scumbags. But it gets darker than this. So a woman named Ashley Johnston, who went at the time by the stage name Danica Dillon, Mm. filed a lawsuit against Josh Duggar in November of 2015, stating that he sexually assaulted her during a consensual sexual arrangement. Johnston claims that she was working at a strip club in Philly, one that I may have patronized before. I know. Yeah, I know some Philly strippers. I was. Yeah, I was definitely at this club. Um, I don't want to name it in case. I don't know. I don't want to link them to it. But when Josh came in. What happens next to her, according to her, is disturbing. She says, I had done dancing. And then he initially came up to me and said, hey, do you want to hang out after Ashley alleged? And I was like, no, because I had friends in town. He kept on. He was so persistent and he hung around until I was done. Then finally, I was like, sure, whatever. Here's my room number. Message me and I'll let you know when I'm ready. 
he came up and it started off normal, but then it just got super aggressive. My airflow was restricted. I was doing things that were super uncomfortable to me. And I said no multiple times, Ashley claimed. She also claims he degraded her verbally over and over and choked her to the point she thought she would pass out. She also said when I pushed him away, uh, I'm sorry, also, this is a little graphic. Um, When I pushed him away, he pinched my lips together and spit on my face. She said the encounter lasted an hour and a half. And when he left, he threw the money on the counter, $500 short of the $1,500 they had agreed on. How many other girls has he done this to, she wondered. Has he murdered anybody? She also alleged that he came back a second time and she agreed to another sexual consensual sex agreement. Oh, my God. What? So one month later, this is the second one. Duggar approached her again at a different club in a different part of near Philly. He brought photos of her filthiest porn scenes, including some from her cute and innocent looking days where she was of legal age, but look 15. He asked me to sign them, she said. When asked why she agreed for a second session with him, she said that he had come to the club and apologized profusely for his behavior, telling her, I want to show you that I'm a nice person. He said, I've seen your videos and I've seen how you've been treated in some of your videos. And I just assumed that I could do that to you. And, you know, some of your videos, you said no, and they keep going, Dylan recalled, which is, you know, I don't like that kind of porn. Somebody asked me what my kink is. And I was like, consensual sex like I don't really have a kink but you know when both parties are having a good time I feel like I'm always disappointing people when I say that it's like I'm pretty stan I don't know I don't have anything yeah that's exciting it's so sad that this sex is treated as this like aggressive I gotta hurt somebody for sure and that is I am not no kink shame whatsoever this is uh something that she tried to make clear as well but it's also porn, like in porn, it's it's the script. She, one of the reasons that she didn't come forward for a little while was she thought because she does hardcore porn and because she was doing an escort thing that she did sometimes that everybody would like laugh at her. Like, what the fuck? Like, she would get the reaction that she got from Josh, which was, I don't understand the difference between you doing this video and me just like beating you up. Yeah, one's um, consent, one's not. Right. And she's like, those videos, they're play they're fake like we have structure there are people who are held accountable we are consenting to one another yeah there's a craft service table but josh it it makes sense to me that he would say that because he doesn't they've never taught consent yeah he doesn't understand and so it's just a shame a lot of victims don't come out because now you have to relive it and then have people laugh at you right so they went and had the second sexual tryst, which she again also talks about being like, I've of course, like not of course, but she was abused and this was a part of her life. She was self-loathing and she just didn't care about herself very much. So she was like, I'm going to go again with you. I mean, I've slept with a guy twice that I hated or I didn't like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I once slept with a guy who told me I was in New York 7. <laughs> oh, God. Just <laughs> something mean right to your face. But he's saying it like he was a photographer. So he was, he, I think he thought he was complimenting me and I was like, Thank you. Uh, what do you in the night? But I had sex with him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this was a long time ago. We've all done things. So Dylan said that she ended up doing that, but she hid her phone with 911 already pushed under a pillow in case he tried to kill her. Wow. I mean, I've had sex with a guy um, and his father. He's, he was supposed to go to the funeral. His dad died, but instead he wanted to have sex with me. I had, I had a knife 
in my hand into the pillow. Yeah. So he, yeah, she, she kind of, she agreed to do it. And she says he wasn't as rough the second time, but he was more verbally abusive, calling her a slut and a skank and things. So um, when Duggar publicly confessed to the porn addiction and cheating, Dylan said she learned his true identity. I had no clue who he was until then, she claims. I was like, that's the guy from Philly. So the official statement, by official I mean Wikipedia, uh, is that the lawsuit was dropped. But it's not as simple as that. A lot of outlets called it dropped, but then a lot of outlets call it settled. It seems that it's about 50-50 with media, uh, with Johnston never retracting her story. Josh claims that he has proof he wasn't there, and Johnston claims she has photos of her with Josh and witnesses, and neither party has provided those publicly. That, along with a few other key points, seems to suggest that the Duggar settled with her out of court in exchange for dropping the case and some level of her hushing up. So it's not been proven publicly in court that this has happened, but she gives a very detailed description of what happened, and her story is really not wavered. She gives locations and dates, And what she said about the encounter doesn't feel far-fetched to me personally. That's something that, especially what we know about Josh now. Yeah, she's probably just like, you know what? I don't want to go. This guy's famous. She's like, I don't want like. Well, I think they paid her off. Yeah. I think they did. That's my belief. And that's just, that's not confirmed in any way. Hopefully she gets the $500 so you didn't pay her that time. I mean, whatever. You know, she has kids and she's married now. Um, She kind of left the industry. So. You know, people there. It's true that some people lie about these things, but I I don't get that sense from her. And it's very rare when people lie. It's It's very very rare. rare. Yeah. Why would you lie? No, this sounds like it was horrible. She said like her life was ruined. People like people from the um, like Duggar fans would like dox her and like try to get her kicked off of her sites and get fired and stuff. So I mean, I was raised in a community where like all women are liars. Yeah. I think my mom was trying to set me up with this guy and she was like, and then his ex-girlfriend was crazy and his other ex-girlfriend, was, like every woman he was with was crazy. And she's like, what is wrong with women? They're all crazy. And I was like, it's all the women, huh? And not him. He So he's great. He's it's great. Just they're all, it's just his, they're nuts. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, so for obvious reasons, after this happens, 19 Kids and Counting goes into purgatory. Uh, they can hardly carry on the show business as usual. So this was, you know, this happened in May of 2015, and then this spiraled through the summer. This August came out in August about the Ashley Madison thing. And then after that comes out the lawsuit against him. Um, so in, on December 13th, 2015, DLC releases a limited series called Jill and Jessa Counting On. This was the thing that Sharon Osbourne was referring to. Like, Yo, just can't they just shut up and go away? And it's like, don't ever tell a victim of sexual abuse to shut up That's and go awful. away. That's awful. That's terrible. Why would she do that? I don't know. She kind of not like her that much. <laughs> I'm I'm afraid she's going to kill me now. But I, know. I don't really um, know much about her to have like a, um, a perspective or whatever on her. But I don't like that. No. So some people didn't want to hear from them. Uh, but from a community dominated by men's voices, I am personally very glad they let them speak out especially after the sisters went on Megan Kelly to defend Josh after the first thing came out when he was they were defending him against his childhood issues. They know what they're doing. They knew to send the women on the shows, on the Megan Kelly show. But the thing is, when they went out, they had no idea about this other life he was leading. 
he they had no idea what he was doing and to his wife and so he let them go out and defend him because he's little baby king joffrey and it really devastated them like the first episode of counting on is really difficult to watch the girls spend the majority of the time kind of defending their brother their parents pointing the fingers at the media they also misrepresent the amount of treatment josh received as a teen I fully, though, believe his sisters are sincere in their pain and forgiveness of him, but they are also repeating the same terms over and over and over again. So I am very thankful that they were able to talk, but they were still in sort of this loop of saying, like, they'd all say, walking through this, his quote unquote bad decisions. It's it's lightening the load of what he did. It is. And it's also the way they speak. It's sort of making it a communal problem that they have. They are more brokenhearted that he had been cheating on Anna than the molestation because, I mean, that makes sense because they've been told that his quote unquote bad decisions have been forgiven and all they need to do as his sisters is move on from being molested. Oh my God. And kids are resilient, you know? So they did. They moved on. And if for a time... Maybe you're okay. I don't know if they would have been okay the rest of their lives. Um, There's a lot of like PTSD involved that nobody cares. It's just his bad decisions. Yeah. So we know that somebody like Josh needs more than a few I'm sorry's. Um, Josh's sisters appear on this first special in such pain. It will rip your heart out. Man, they, they just continue to carry Josh's burden through it. Like they have their whole lives. We're walking through this. Being molested and ignored is not walking together through something. You got pushed into the fire and have to stand covered in flames and applaud the person who's abusing you. They're like fucking reek, if you will. I'm reading Game of Thrones books right now. Oh, I was like, what's a reek? (laughs) Sorry, everybody. I'm not trying to use those. That's just so sad. And they're given no... (sighs) I don't don't know what to say, but scream. (laughs) Yeah. So Jill, one of the oldest, and John David, one of the oldest sons, are really the only ones to even address Josh directly on his betrayal on the show. They at least say, you know, they're mad at him and that they, they at least say that he did something. The rest of them are sort of dancing around it. They won't come out with the words. Yeah. Somebody needs to be mad at him. Yeah. So... Most of them still seem to live in this haze at this time of that report that of if that report didn't leak, we could still be holding this house of cards together. They're still kind of like trying to blame it on the report becoming public. Jana, one of the eldest daughters in John David's twin, talks about going through an existential crisis, but maybe doesn't fully understand that she's saying that. Uh, her honesty about not knowing how to trust people anymore, that she's looking at everybody unsure if they're wearing a mask, is refreshingly honest for a Duggar daughter, and it's also heart-wrenching. Even though these sisters are all pretty much in their 20s at this point, at this juncture, they have been so removed, you feel for them like they're children. Like, it hurts to watch. Yeah. I mean, often, like, with trauma, you stay the same age mm-hmm. as the trauma happens. Yeah. And Anna also comes on and speaks. Even though she's making excuses for Josh, it's, I, I find it incredibly brave of her to come on and face the cameras and hold her head up. At that point in 2015, she is living with her four children in the girls' old bunk bed bedroom at the big house 
Jim, Bob, and Michelle because Josh is now at this rehab thing. And at least in that moment, she's a total badass for doing it. That's a lot. I mean, I couldn't go on these shows. I would just, no. I, with the cameras and the lights, I'd flip out. No. I don't agree with what she was saying about Josh on the show, but I really respect that she went out and didn't, like, she held her head up and I was impressed with it. Suffice to say, Josh was let go of FRC at this time, and he and his family moved back to Arkansas to a remote house in an area called Siloam Springs, I think. S-I-L-O-A-M. It's just, it's an area that's like maybe a dozen miles or so from his parents' house in Tondytown, Arkansas. So they have this place, but they didn't get it. Josh, like whenever all this happened, he lost his job. They move out of D.C. Anna moves in with the family and he goes off to rehab. But then they get this house that's nearby the uh, parents. Things kind of go quiet for a while. It appears that the Duggars still owned at least one used car lot at some point, And Josh was reemployed there. Jill and Jess Accounting On gets picked up and becomes Just Counting On, with the focus supposed to be on the older kids and their new families and new lives as they get married and stuff, minus Josh. And Jim, Bob, and Michelle are only supposed to make sporadic appearances, even though Jim, Bob is still the person collecting the money on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he takes all the money because I guess his, I've birthed the kids. I'm the patriarch. Yeah, I mean, he's just a piece of shit. He's a shithead. He's so, a piece of shit. All the men in these stories are pieces of shit. Yes. Not all men. Not all men. Not all men. <laughs> just the men in these stories. John David is one of the nicest ones in the family, I think. So this uh, sort of new parameter loosens after a while and Jim, Bob and Michelle start being more central again on the show because they can't help themselves. Anna gets active on social media again. And though Josh can't appear on the TLC show, she often includes him in her pics online, painting this happy family picture, and they continue to have children. Mm. She has numerous critics, of course, but an almost horrifying amount of supporters of Josh on her Instagram saying how they're perfect family and how much they love and miss Josh. As of today in June 2021, she has over a million followers on Instagram. Not all, all of those are fans, of course, but, you know, that's a yeah. lot of people. I mean, I guess, like, if you're so indoctrinated into this life and somebody says, hey, this person you worship did something really bad, mm. you would have to be like, oh, I guess the lifestyle I've chosen is bad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so it, a lot of those people who are supporters are, you know, a part of an adjacent religion or, or you know, a yeah. part of their community. It's like telling somebody who's getting abused to leave their spouse. Yeah. They usually go further into their marriage. For sure. I've been in abusive situations where you just you double down on it. Mm -hmm. You know, the more that your life spirals out of control, you're just like, no, this is correct. Yeah. So then on Wednesday, November 20th, 2019, unconfirmed rumors start flying around that the feds raided the car lot where Josh was working managing maybe i don't know Who knows? it's unclear but it might be the same lot that he worked on years back at the beginning of his marriage to anna so those of us who follow duggar rumors were all speculating about what it was going on when the elder duggars showed up and slapped down these stories this is from fox news the duggar family is denying reports that homeland security investigations raided their home we were shocked to see a news report today state that our home was raided by federal law enforcement agencies, the Duggars told People Tuesday. 
this is not true. To the best of our knowledge, it's also not true that any member of our family is the target of any investigation of any kind, the statement continued. Living a life in the public eye has taught us that it is best not to reply to every rumor and piece of fake news that's circulated online. Cool. Yeah, they evoked that cool catchphrase because they, of course, love wholesome, family-centric Donald Trump. I mean, what? I I can see, like... (laughs) I don't know. Homeland Security investigations. No, it's a lie that mm. they invaded. That means they invaded you. Yeah. Who and lies it, about that? I don't know. It's unclear whether they truly were unaware or they just were so busy covering for Joshi as per usual. But the reports were not fake news. No. They were authentic news. No, I would lie about like, no, I didn't have a fatty breakfast today. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Not homeland. Fake news, Amber. Fake. <laughs> not the homeland in, like raided my house. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, and in fact, Homeland Security confirmed that they were there as part of an ongoing situation. What that situation was was entirely unclear at the time. But I have to admit, I was one of those watching with absolute anticipation since I hated him so much. That's kind of a big deal. You don't just raid someone's house because they did something like cheated on their wife. Right. So... That's the end of 2019. Then some shit happened where we had to stay inside for two weeks. And then that two weeks was up. It was a year and a half later. Uh-oh. And um, so as everything else did, whatever the case was that was going on seemed to slow to a halt as we dealt with some other shit. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. But... During all this, it seems unlikely that the Duggars knew nothing because somewhere along this timeline, and it seems like it was preceding the raid on his car lot, Josh moves he and his family into a sort of converted garage space on Jim Bob and Michelle's property. Why exactly that happened or what the family knew was unclear, but I'd like to think from the bottom of my heart that they at least didn't know it was CSAM. Maybe he told them he was struggling, quote unquote, with porn. What's CSAM? Sorry. Uh, CSAM for everyone is uh, child sexual abuse materials. It's it's a term to use instead of child uh, porn because it's not porn. So we're trying, everybody's trying to change that term because it's alluding to the fact. It's like calling like child prostitutes and stuff. Like they're not, they're, yeah, they're, they're trafficked. Yeah, they're human trafficked. Oh um, my God, this is so dark and horrible and I hate it. Why is he doing this to people and getting away with it? His whole life, his whole life has been this. So, and but also like, you know, you start touching your sisters early and then instead of like treating them with doctors, uh-huh. you do some like physical punishment. And you're you, just going to shame them, shame, shame their them. head. You're just going to get yeah. worse and worse and worse and deeper and deeper down this well. I do feel like it developed a sense of like deep rage yeah. inside of him. If you would have just went to a psycho- a child psychologist early on. And let the girls do that too. Yes. Uh, and have them separated, like have him separated. He should have never been kept this in the house. This wouldn't have happened. I mean, it definitely would be li- far less likely that it would have happened. So... um. We don't know how much they knew. Maybe like a lot of us, they thought it was a financial crime. I know from the outside, their speculation could have been something akin to fraud because the Duggars have been taken to court several times. They own a lot of different kinds of properties and I don't think they always pay their taxes correctly. Right. Um, But that would be nice if it was a financial crime. I wish it was. So on April 23rd of this year, Anna announced on Instagram that she was expecting her seventh child in the fall of 2021. 
please be advised that this is where I will be talking about CSAM if you want to skip the next couple minutes. On April 30th, 2021, Josh Duggar was arrested on federal charges related to the possession of CSAM, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Western District of Arkansas. Duggar allegedly downloaded material that depicted the sexual abuse of children under the age of 12. There was one that was as young as 18 months old. 18 months old? The U.S. Attorney's Office said in a statement, Duggar allegedly possessed the material in May 2019. He has pleaded not guilty. I am not going to go too deep into detail. Frankly, it's hard to even talk about it. Yeah, you were telling me about some of the stuff that he was looking at, and I had to, like, take a step back. And I look at some of the worst stuff online, and just you telling me, I had to, like, go into a corner. Yeah. It's it's really bad. And how anyone derives sexuality from the... It's torture. It's torturing children. I um, I, I, I kind of can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. No, I you see. Know? It's a lot. Homeland Security Investigations... Special Agent Gerald Faulkner testified for the prosecution alleged Duggar downloaded computer files depicting child sex abuse on May 14, 15, and 16th of 2019. One file, according to Faulkner, depicted child sex abuse involving children ranging from 18 months to 12 years of age. Faulkner described the images as in the top five of the worst of the worst that I've ever had to examine. And this is like a guy that examines bad things. According to Faulkner, when Homeland Security officials raided Duggar's car dealership and asked to speak with him without informing him that they were investigating child CSAM, Duggar spontaneously responded, what is this about? Has someone been downloading child pornography? So he said that. Yeah, he knew. Yeah. Without over-explaining, I'm going to keep this brief. Uh, Josh was downloading something that's known as Hurtcore on the dark web. I think that term can explain itself. Um, People who are not consenting to this. uh, A lot of times. Um, And it's children 18 months old that are being hurt. It's, yeah, I mean, that specific brand can be of any age, but the the stuff that he had specifically was of children. The specific material included something called D's destruction. I'm not going to complete that because the D is referring to a child's name. The content was created by a man named Peter Scully, who became wealthy doing unspeakable acts on an island in the Philippines. Peter Scully needs to be fucking shot in the head. I implore you not to look it up. Uh, The very minimal that I have had to read will traumatize me forever. Uh, Even his Wikipedia page is almost unreadable. Um, uh, Like many predators, they had a safe woman, their version of a Glenn Maxwell, and she would procure mostly homeless children. I'm sorry, I can't get through this sometimes. And these are like homeless kids um, and they're just hurting them. And then people, these men, they, they get hard looking at this. Yeah. And they're just told that they're the big man and they're right and you got to follow them and they're doing the worst possible thing I can imagine. Yeah. So, uh... They would get mostly homeless children, uh, paying sometimes paying their homeless parents, and they would bring them to Scully. She would bring them to Scully, and his associates would film various things that I frankly cannot even say. Uh, it's really, really bad, and I really, I know everybody can, uh, you know, handle whatever differently, but I, I really don't know that you'll gain anything by looking, and uh, it's, it's too much to look at. Uh, or even learn about. So Peter Scully is a parasite who should 
have never been born and he is serving life in prison in the Philippines only because the death penalty is illegal there. They actually considered reinstating it just for him. Uh, Josh Duggar was downloading these things to receive pleasure. He denies it. He blames it on a mystery employee who he has not named yet. Without going over the boring details, the feds have pinged Josh's phone from these days at the location where this material was being downloaded and actually time out when he's texting using his phone and then going back and forth to this computer. So it was him. It was it was him. There's and there's I, no denying. I can't believe this guy was involved in politics. I can't believe I mean, this I, guy was I involved. I mean, I do I believe that. <laughs> Unfortunately, that doesn't that's like the least surprising <laughs> thing to me. He's coming on talking about family values. I the rage Yeah. Uh Sorry, I'm trying to collect myself because even talking about uh, what he was downloading is just it's traumatic. Like, why do people like this exist? I don't know. I want people to be good. I want to like help. I don't know. I don't know, man. Chapter one: Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero Titus Burgess ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. So, from this is from People Magazine. Faulkner also said that Duggar had a program on his computer called Covenant Eyes, which we've talked a little bit about last episode. Uh, it's one of those programs you can put on to like monitor uh, people. The agents describe it as accountability software that monitors and reports objectionable internet use to a partner and is meant to help people with porn addiction. According to Faulkner, the program is registered to Duggar and when send reports to his wife, Anna. So yes, his family and Anna were aware he was still having quote unquote problems and handled it by trying to spy on him that he knew about. But as any 14 year old will tell you does not work. People are calling Josh a computer whiz. But from what I've read, all he really did was split his computer into two separate hard drives. I mean, if he was such a whiz, how do you get caught? I mean, he's not. It's it's not. <laughs> it's like very it's not complicated. It's not a difficult thing to do. And again, probably half the nation's 14 year olds know how to do this to a computer. You just need to have people in your life who don't hold you accountable and remain willfully ignorant in order to sneak by them. He had a court hearing on May 5th, 2021, where he is seen smirking and laughing through the hearing, and he denies it, as I mentioned. Yeah, we were going through lockdown corona. There was like things. I had no idea about this, and you were telling me about it because we were just like, oh, my God, is the world going to blow up? Right. So... The content that he was downloading, there is very little chance that this was his first attempt to to, to view things yeah, like this. Yeah, you just don't stumble upon this. This was part of a bigger sting operation, and this is when he was caught. I can't imagine that, that you just go into this willy-nilly one day. This no. is something that he has this shown is- as a pattern in his life. 
What a dark, like, I'm, like, I usually try to get into people's brains to, like, see how they feel, how they vibe. And this is dark. You don't want to go in there. This is dark. This is, like, no escape. And there's nothing to be gained at this point to even, unless you're, like, a psychoanalyst, to dive into this. So he says he is not guilty, which means that if it goes before a jury... Those people may have to view some of the material he was looking at. No, that's going to scar more people. I don't even know how the federal agents got through it, let alone a fucking grocery bagger at Whole Foods on the jury is going to get through it. No, I don't, I don't let these people But he doesn't this. give a shit. His depravity knows no bounds. He doesn't care. He just, because his whole life, he's just put it on people and they carry the pain for him. Yep. And he thinks he's the big boy king because he had to go dig a well. Yeah. His lawyers asked for bail. Uh, while he was awaiting trial at this hearing. And he was granted it. He was granted bail? How was he not shot in the head? After a three-hour hearing, U.S. District Judge Christy Comstock ruled that Duggar will be released to a third-party custodian, family friends of his parents, and cannot have any contact with minor children except his own six kids. No. And then only in the presence of their mother, Anna Duggar. No. Because he gets away with whatever. I don't know... If it was, this was confirmed, but this was allegedly this judge's first court hearing as a judge ever. If I'm incorrect, somebody please correct me, but I did read that somewhere. I just don't remember what source it was. Regardless, he argued that he's too famous to flee. It's unclear if the judge was aware of his past history, but I guess he gets the white guy with the tucked in polo shirt treatment. Oh, he looks so up. He's got a little short haircut and he's like so pale and look at him with his belt. So I guess he's just an innocent little boy. And once again, he's granted special treatment. So Jim Bob Duggar, ever the champion for Joshi, worked out something with family church acquaintances, LeCount and Maria Reber, who have a young adult daughter living in their house with them. This is from In Touch. According to LeCount, Josh's father, Jim Bob Duggar, contacted him following his son's arrest and revealed Josh was in a quote-unquote situation. However, the counting on Patriarch 55 didn't provide full details about the charges. I'm agreeing to do what it takes to help them. LeCount, who works as a pastor, told prosecutor Dustin Roberts, we help friends when they need help. His wife goes on to state that her husband made the decision and she would stand by him. So... He didn't reveal why Josh would need to stay there. He So the guy just agreed because of church or whatever. So yeah. And they always handle these like, it's a situation. Oh, you mean molesting your sisters? You mean that situation? Yeah. So the TLC personality has unlimited... This is from uh, In Touch as well. The TLC personality has unlimited access to his children under the condition Anna is present. Josh is permitted to leave the Reber home to attend church, work legal appointments and seek medical care if needed. To say that I am livid is an understatement. Uh, I'm so angry. I'm so angry that he's in the situation. He just keeps getting away with it. And to be honest, I'm also afraid. Um, Anna has no reign over that man and he considers himself some kind of God. He should not have access to his children under any circumstances, except maybe if it was like court oversaw in a public space or something. I how does he have access to his kids? How how is this? I, I don't understand. Look, it has has God failed us? 
that he just letting this happen? I mean, according to that family, he is the chosen one. So I guess this is what God wants. Um, I guess I don't even want to, I hate even saying this, but it's on the back of my brain, just from the research that we do. He makes me really, he reminds me of other family annihilators that we've covered. And I, uh, I am truly afraid for Anna and her children. I mean, he's depraved. It's already a circus for the Reber family who have called 911 already because of media on the edge of their property. And now their daughter is dating Anna Duggar's brother, which is a thing that just happened. What? The story just keeps like spiraling. It's either the family didn't disclose this information to the judge or this couple met while dealing with Josh Duggar's house arrest. It's in, it's really crazy. It's so crazy. Meanwhile, the Reapers have basically locked themselves up in their house, being put in the middle of all this thanks to Jim Bob. And Josh's lawyers are trying to get the court date pushed back till next year. They say they want to get their own forensics computer team involved. It's bullshit. They just keep making a lies for this man. There's a different judge presiding over this case, and I believe he won't grant them that long of extension. But fucking really, Jim Bob? You would make this family who's taken Josh in keep your shitty son for a year? And that excuse is bullshit, man. It is nonsense. I kind of wonder if it's just if they're going to throw it out there so that he can maybe be there for the birth of a seven child and maybe get one more in Anna before he goes to jail. Oh, my God. As for Anna, so they, they're basically the right now what they think. Uh, July 1st, I believe, is the next pretrial date they have. And so when this comes out, that pretrial will have already happened. Um, so at this point, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I hope he gets shot in the head. To be honest, I hope there's a vigilante in the crowd that stands up and just shoots his ass in the head and his big, stupid boy king head. And I don't say that lightly. I am a peace-loving lady. I believe in the goodness in the world and the people, but he needs to be off this planet. He certainly won't cause anything but sorrow as long as he's here. I know that. Maybe some people would argue that you're never past the point of no return, but it kind of seems like and we don't even know. This could be not all, only things he's done. Yeah. If he gets aroused at the suffering of children, he needs to be off the planet. Go. I, get out of here. Yeah. And this is, I don't believe in the death penalty. I don't like the death penalty because then the government shouldn't decide who lives and dies. Right. So but a vigilante should. Vigilante. Yeah, vigilante <laughs> should. Um, so uh, we'd also, we don't condone anybody going to shoot him. Don't I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I, I, no, take, no, no, no. I take it all no, back. No, no, no. It's all, it's all good. So... There's speculation. I don't know if this is... Uh, I think there was like an official paper presented that said that the judge was considering giving him three months extension instead of the, I think, yes for nine months. Uh, Why are we, who are these judges? It, at least it's not nine months because his case is supposed to go to court on July 6th and they still haven't figured this all out. Are these like, quote unquote, Christian judges that have to stick up for their own? I think that this guy has is not going to be light. I don't okay. think it's going to be. I don't think Good. he's going to like, t you know, clap him on the hand and go, no, no, no. Um, if he did, I mean, it would be pandemonium. People will loot, freak the fuck out if that happens, including yeah. myself. I will go to Arkansas if they let him off. I will. <laughs> I mean, they've already shown that he was involved in government. So this is like a creeping dark hand seeping into government. And I'm sorry, religion and government should not mix because shit like this happens. Not. No, absolutely. Our country is supposed to be based on that, but they don't make it that way. So as for Anna, I can't even begin to imagine what is happening to her mentally. 
uh, I think anyone, sheltered or not, would be spiraling pretty hard after this level of charges came out against their loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to make sure this was confirmed. It is still through an anonymous source. According to uh, the son who does regular stories on the Duggars, a source close to them says Anna Duggar believes that Josh was set up by Joe Biden. What? So the mental gymnastics. I mean, that's easier to say than like, oh, my husband's a monster. Yeah. So it goes on to say grimly. Uh, this is in the HollywoodGossip.com. Grimly, Anna Duggar believes that her husband is a good person. All evidence to the contrary. Anna is in denial, the insider reported. Yeah, you're in denial. Jim Bob is telling people she is defending Josh, the source shared. And the insider continued, Anna is no longer speaking to most of the family. Jim Bob says she blames him and wife Michelle for Josh's arrest, the source added. Look at him smiling in his little mugshot. Yeah. He looks drunk. I don't think he is. I think he's just gross. Because he's got the red cheeks and the hazy eyes. But he's still smiling. Isn't that nice? How is he smiling? I don't... He's, he's got, I think he's a shell. I don't even think there's a person in there anymore. Up to a point, Anna seems to feel similarly to how many outsiders do when it comes to Jim Bob's role in this. Anna feels it all stems from how they dealt with his previous molestation scandals. The insider explained, the source specified that they are referring to after he assaulted his sisters. But in that is where Anna's views of and those of the rest of the world part ways. She also thinks that this case is a conspiracy theory against her husband. According to the source, Anna believes that Josh was set up by the Biden administration. She believes that if Donald Trump were still in power, this would not be happening. According to the source, Anna is team Josh and refuses to believe he's done anything wrong, which I kind of understand, but you know, you got to wake up. Um, given the right motivations, people can convince themselves of almost anything. But it sounds like Anna's reasoning for blaming Jim Bob and Michelle for how they responded to that is different. Does she think that the then Senator Joe Biden snuck into their Arkansas home a couple decades ago and hypnotized the little girls to blame Josh? Or does she think that Jim Bob should have done a better job of covering up Josh's crime so that they could never come out? It's unclear how we should interpret this third-hand account of Anna's thoughts on the matter. Anna gave Jim Bob a piece of her mind who told someone close to him who told the son. How many hands is that? And did she arrive at those conclusions on her own? Or is she just believing any absurd thing that Josh tells her? Probably. I mean, your whole life is conditioned to just believe him. Oh, her eyes. I just can't get over her eyes. This this was her. This picture is her uh, on that special after she had to come on camera after he had bashed the Madison Lake and all that shit. She's just lost. It's really sad. Um. This is a hard, um, I mean, it's, we've done a lot of episodes, but it is because it's, you know, when you get to the meat of it, it's just so crazy. So you really have to take a step back and be like, how is this community let this happen? Who started the community? Right. I mean, that's, that's sort of the point of doing this series and, and especially because the women victims of this community are disregarded and a lot of them we won't even ever know. No, they don't have social security numbers. Yeah. I hope more than just about anything that his kids are safe and okay. Um, I can't find it in this article, but I did read somewhere that she kind of came to that conclusion allegedly because they have deep connections to like Mike Huckabee. And what? They and do? Because, yeah. Uh, a lot of, yeah, the Ted Cruz, Huckabee, like all those guys, he, he was, you know, they were friends. He was friends with the Huckabees. So, so. the government is a bunch of pedophiles. Yep. <laughs> uh, but 
it was some connection to because Sarah Sanders is running for governor, who's Mike Huckabee's daughter, that it was a way to get her not elected. I don't know. It was some really convoluted thing. And that is all alleged. So I'm that's that could be not true. I mean, I always knew that the people of family values were trash and not all of them. But now I'm just like anybody who says I'm all about family values. I'm like, search their computer. I mean, search their computer. If you're denying people emotions and things like that, it's not going to make very sane people, probably. And it just sounds like such a nice phrase, family values. Yeah, I would like to have some nice family. Sure. Okay. That's a nice thing. Oh, but you really mean like (laughs) destroying everything around you? Yeah, that's what what the family values are. That's the values. So that is basically where we are today. Um, We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, this is going to this episode's going to come out a little bit after July starts, but we're recording at the end of June here. Uh, so we're just sort of up in the air waiting to see what happens. We just have to cross our fingers that this will be taken seriously. He can face up to upwards of 20 years in jail for this. I hope that he does. The 20 years is not long enough. It's not, but I'll take it because a lot of sex crimes for many years where you'd get, you know, 10 months or something. So this uh, has been awful. <laughs> I am glad that I said this all because it's always on my mind and it's very upsetting. And I feel like people need to know this, even yeah. if they don't definitely don't need to hear the details. Um, my stomach is is spinning. Yeah. he He's clearly a dangerous person. We don't know to the extent of what he's done. And his... Family still pretty much is in denial. Some of his siblings have come out. At least a couple of them have addressed the children. Very few of them have. Mostly have talked about how they are waiting to see how they're just, you know, worried about Josh, not sure what's happening with Josh. A couple of them actually said, we are horrified to hear about this happening to children, which seems to me that would be a pretty Christian thing to think. Yeah. And not immediately about your horrible brother. Um, I know that it's traumatic. I know that it's your family. But at this point, after this many years of this much abuse going on over and over and over again, you got to just let him fall. Yeah. You can't just keep picking him up and saying that he's the king. What happened when you did that is it continued to spiral into more darkness. He's hurting people. There's other people on this planet. Yeah. And he's hurting them. He's not God's anointed. You guys just got to fucking understand that. He's a bad person. He's a bad, bad person and he's very sick and he needs to be away from vulnerable people. Yeah. So that is going to be the end of the IBLP. It started off shitty and it ended even worse. Yeah. But we Um, see like what happens, why people were covering for him so long. Yeah. Uh, And what damage this kind of high control environment can do and, and really how much pain it can cause, especially the women and children of this group. He's a shell of a man that was just punished for like sex. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. It just, it just does make you kind of just like your brain just shuts down. I need Um, a drink. Yeah, for real. So we mentioned Recovering Grace in the last uh, couple episodes ago. Uh, The other one I wanted to highlight today was uh, an organization called Child Hope Philippines. I was trying to go through different orgs that dealt with helping kids who are on the streets there. Some of them 
it's I I couldn't find a way to donate. I think probably just because it's in the Philippines and they probably have different rules. Uh, but this one does have a, a, an availability to donate to them. Uh, they are uh, an estimated fifty to seventy thousand children live and inevitably work on the streets of Metro Manila. Together, we can help the street children and make a lasting impact on their lives. Join us in our cause to empower them through education. We are a street child's hope. With your help, we can provide healthier and nurturing environment where they can feel loved. So I, I really wanted to try to find something that worked with these kids who are, are who are on the street and who are so vulnerable. Uh, if anybody knows of any in the Philippines uh, that is other than this, although this also seems like a great group, please reach out. I would love to also highlight them and we'll be donating to them for this episode. And uh, I just, I want you all to never have to be around any sort of Josh Duggar-like person. And I hope that you're not. Yeah. It's, um, you take a deep breath. Yeah. There's still good in the world. There is, there is. And, and I think that's a good way to end this, Amber, because it does feel so dark. Hopeless. Uh, which, you know, sometimes I feel like that, but I know it's not true. You, There are good things and good people and, and people who don't need somebody trying to monitor them to uh, not do heinous yeah. things. There are people, lots of people. Most of them are just don't get attention because they're just being normal human beings. Yeah, so most people are normal. We just have to talk about this because if it's being enabled, it's going to keep happening and we got to try to stop people before they start doing this. Yeah, this is being purposely pushed under the rug because yeah. he's involved in politics. That's yep. why. Yep. Let's spread awareness. And he's a, he's a nice little short haircutted man. He's got a little cell phone clip. Yep. And if somebody says their family values, check their computer. Yeah, for real. That's what we can. <laughs> we'll end on that one. Check their computers, please. Uh, I'm Natalie Jean. You can follow me on all the other things. I'll post some of the stuff about this episode on our Instagram at someplace underneath and TikTok. Uh, Amber. Amber Smelson across the board on everything. Be good. Be good. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood," she said, where Wafer helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love chapter two. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.